0: You've got a lot of sausages and things that just come to their head and... I've and been oh. away
1: again! Toby Flood! God's sake! He pulled my scrub cap off and he squirted water in my face and you're not allowed to do that! Tug it off! So not to What a yoga!
2: <laughs> Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Wayside Rugby Podcast. I'm very... Delighted to be joined today by uh Adam and Jack. And we've got a very special guest that we'll introduce in, in just a minute. But but to start with, uh Jack, how are you? How was your weekend?
1: Not over yet, but yeah, good. Played played yesterday. So uh yeah, played for the Capitals yesterday, which was which was nice. Nice to get back on, on the pitch after the honeymoon.
2: Good stuff. Losing some of that weight, I hope, from the from the honeymoon. Losing a bit,
1: yeah. Oh, I didn't actually I... drink. I was, drive- I was driving, so I couldn't drink. So that helped. That helped a lot.
2: <laughs> nice. Uh, Adam, how are we?
1: Yeah, very good. So we had a a
0: weekend by in the end because obviously the building didn't come down. So took full advantage and went back home to Parken in Kristiansand. I got mistaken for a gorilla at one point, but signed the autographs anyway. But yeah, very, very nice sunny day at Parken for the sun. Yeah, it was good. Very good. Yeah, uh, feeling good enough. Good, good stuff.
2: They
1: right. chugged um, you in with um. Sorry, uh, they chucked you in with and they thought you were Julius, and they? Yeah, but he's a lot more agile than me. Is it? <laughs> so I just sat
0: there and at the uh, the bananas and the and the watermelon. It was great. He's happier as well. Oh yeah, well he was happier when he saw me. He throws less
2: shit at people as well. <laughs> Come on down.
1: <laughs> anyway,
2: carry on. <laughs> I agree. Good stuff. Right, yeah. So today, it's a bit of a special pod. I think we're, we're kind of doing this as a as a standalone episode to go with, with all the rest. So just a quick, like, 20, 30-minute special. But, um, yeah, we're, we're absolutely delighted to be joined today by Eric Cavan, national team player. And I guess there's a, a pretty big announcement that we, we should be making, really. Uh, but I will actually allow either Adam to introduce Eric... As you know better than all of us, or Eric, do you want to introduce yourself and maybe what what the uh, what the news is?
3: Uh, I, th- I think Adam knows me pretty well, so I'd, I'd like to see what he truly thinks of me. All right, then. Uh, nice to be put on the spot like this, but um, yeah,
0: Eric um, within the national team needs no introduction. But for those of you listening, uh, Eric, as soon as he joined the national team, settle. Uh, he's one of those guys who just commands respect. Um, The professionalism he brings to the dressing room and the the way he performs on the pitch is nothing more than exemplary and uh, just a natural-born leader. Um, Great guy. Uh, Everybody knows I've got a bit of a man crush on him. Um, The giver of croc charms as well. He will always go down as. Always got croc charms in his his bag to give out to anyone that needs them. Uh, But yeah, on a serious note, uh, become really good friends with this guy. Uh, from camps and on on the pitch and he's just uh, I'm so glad that he's now been finally named what he's about to introduce himself as Um, so yeah over to you Ed
3: Eric well Adam that is the nicest thing you've ever said to me Uh, normally there's a lot of abuse followed by uh, a lot more abuse but uh, it's always a pleasure seeing you and um, I'm glad that the Croc charms get good use that's for sure Um, but yeah I am completely honoured and super proud but Richie uh, me captain for this season at the last camp um, it's it's an absolute honour that um, I, I I do treasure um, absolutely do and I'm also um, yeah I'm delighted to have been asked to be on here I've listened to a few episodes and it very much does have uh, the kind of heart of Norwegian rugby um, and, and what, it, what it's trying to achieve so it's a good bunch of blokes on it that's for sure
2: That's awesome I guess obviously from all of us you know a massive congrats from what from what Adam said and from, you know, what Richie and others have said as well, it's, it's definitely deserving. Um, yeah, definitely we will, we wish you all the best in the season and I know we'll, we'll be discussing some things in the next few minutes as well. Um, but yeah, it's really good. And I think as well, just from all of us at the pod, I think it's, it's also really nice for us to be asked to kind of make this announcement, um, uh, on your behalf as well. So, uh, yeah, congrats mate. Um, tell us about yourself Eric because as as Adam said maybe not ever, everyone might not know who you are um, it's very obvious you've got a pretty strong Scottish accent which isn't really connected to Norway so uh, maybe give us a bit of a rundown about that like, your your Norwegian roots or and your journey into rugby so far
3: yeah no I, I, absolutely so for those who don't know me I am originally from Aberdeen and it is very much not uncommon that in Aberdeen and Istvanger the they are high ridge much like myself oil and gas industry has done wonders to connect Norway and Scotland so I grew up in Aberdeen Um, however my mum is Norwegian, she's from Stavanger area, a place called Sandness Um, and basically from the the time I was born I've spent so much of my time in Norway, every summer holiday it was in Norway we'd go down to my grandparents cabin in uh, Lingdal which is always a highlight of my brother and I's kind of year Um, we did every kind of Norwegian thing imaginable. Went out fishing, uh, hunting for crabs, uh, got the boat out, barbecues, like the absolute best place to be on the planet. Um, so I do have a very strong affiliation, um, and I am like truly proud to be uh, class myself as, as as Norwegian. Um obviously I'm within the, obviously there's a thick Scottish accent and within my house. I speak to my mum in Norwegian I do speak to my dad in English Um, however I do notice that when I do come to Norway especially when the camps are in Oslo there is very much a quizzical look when I start speaking Norwegian and I don't know if it's because my Scottish accent comes through in quite a harsh guttural way or if my English uh, my Norwegian is not as good as I think it is Um, so but no it's been so that's kind of my affiliation to Norway oil and gas I'm certainly not the only one that has uh, come out of that um and then in terms of how I started rugby, um I think a lot of a lot of rugby players probably had a similar start. There was a leaflet that went around school when I was about eight years old, and it was basically like, "Are you interested in rugby?" And my mum was like, "Oh, you're kind of chunky. You could probably do quite well." Um, so obviously any excuse to get me to shift some pounds, she was uh threw me straight into the into the the cesspit that is rugby. And since then, absolutely never looked back. Probably the only reason i are friends today, to be honest. And um, whilst, so yeah, I went through the junior section at a club called Mackey Academy in Stenhaven, just south of Aberdeen. Um, absolutely loved my time there. Um, and then, I'll be honest, every Saturday, um, pre-training, my up until I was probably 10 years old, my mum would pretty much have to force me to go. I loved being there, but it was a kind of thought of going that I'd kind of get forced to go. Um because it was always followed, it was always an hour and a half of rugby, half an hour off, and then an hour and a half of um uh, judo. So it was always like, in my head, I was like, There's a big day ahead of me here. Um and then once I finally kind of grew up a little bit, I absolutely relished getting to play every game. Was one of the first earliest people down in training, absolutely loved it. Um and kinda grew into I was a bit of a kinda for, for most of my junior career I was kind of mixed with back and a forward. Um, obviously, very much in the forwards now, uh, playing playing hooker. But I kind of went through a lot of the regional stuff within Scotland, um, as a back row, and then became a hooker. Um, and it was I must admit the regional schemes in Scotland very great place to kind of improve your skill set, get get coached by coaches at like a higher level than you're used to, and also work with guys that are obviously looking to kind of make that step to go pro. Um, so I had a really good development through that system, and and then I came down to Glasgow to study um, at Strathclyde University, um, and there played for, uh, was kind of informally known as the Tech, which is just the Strathclyde rugby team, and um, was involved in the first fifteen there throughout my time, and like I, that alongside the Norway stuff is the best experience that I've had in rugby, like the bonds that you make, the kind of the culture that existed. It's just second to none. It's not the kind of friendships that you can get outside rugby. I generally don't believe. Um, and they are like, I meet up with him all the time still. And like all sad old men, all we talk about is how good we used to be, how much fun we used to have. Adam's got a quote that basically says, the longer that you're out of either, the longer you're retired or the longer you're out of a system, the better you were and the better the times were. So, so true, Adam. Wise words as always. So yeah, that is... Me in a nutshell, um, and then yeah, in terms of trying to get involved in, in Norway, there's there's a um one of the the guys I played played with the the Glasgow club, uh, Matt Matt Kid. He got his cap, and they obviously celebrated his cap on social media. And off the back of that, um, I kind of contacted Richie, and he he brought me in, in about twenty twenty one twenty twenty two, and since then. Uh, absolutely love it. It's a great excuse to travel. It's a great excuse to spend time with some brilliant blokes. Um, so it's it's every weekend that we've got together. I absolutely cherish and look forward to it. So yeah, Paul wasn't too
2: long-winded, but uh, that is me it, in a nutshell. Not at all. That's that's awesome. Um, I think, Jack, you had a question. Did I?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not really, but I can, I can ask what? a question. No, that was great. That what? was... Thanks, Eric. Well, I was just going to maybe say about the Norwegian uh, accent, it's probably just because you're from the West Coast, mate. <laughs> uh, if you go to Oslo and you're from the West Coast, they look at you funny. So, <laughs> they, um, that definitely sounds
3: <laughs> sounds sounds correct.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I wouldn't worry too much about that. They'll just they'll just look at you funny anyway. But no, I was just wondering, so you um, you said you did some kind of development stuff in in Scotland. Um, what kind of age? What kind of age group was that? And what could you go into a bit more detail about what that was? And the kind of coaches and players you might have met along the way. Any any players maybe that we that we would know of who who managed to bug or or even played at you know at international level?
3: Yeah, no, it's, uh, absolutely. So basically, so Scotland is it's similar to Ireland in the way that it's it's split its districts up. So it's got four districts. Um, obviously due to money, there's only two professional teams, but there is four districts. So you get Edinburgh, Glasgow, the Borders, who are kind of a, got proud rugby history and then the kind of central belt on up so sterling up to like orkney shetland um are known as caledonia so obviously being from aberdeen i was aligned with the caledonian region and um, so i did that caledonia under 16s under 17s under 18s and then moved into glasgow and was involved in it they then kind of combined the regions, so it became like glasgow and caledonia became kind of glasgow warriors and then edinburgh and borders became kind of the, the edinburgh uh, kind of under 20s so I, I was right. more involved in the Glasgow stuff at that time. Um, in terms of some of the players that played with at the um, in the in the, on, the Caledonia, my age group included actually current Scotland captain Jamie Ritchie. Um, who's he was always very much destined to, to kind of make it to the top tier. Um, world class player. Um, yeah, and he he uh, obviously higher level than I did, but he has strong background in judo, which I probably. Alliance is kind of skill in the breakdown and a lot of the contact area and, and then the other guy that was in our team that year was uh, Xander Fagerson who he was in the line squad mm. um, the last tour uh, genuinely one of the nicest guys I've ever met and also one of the strongest guys I'm pretty sure he was He was. his name was on the Glasgow Warriors leaderboard as like 18, 19 year old um, and I remember I, I still under 16 level I'm pretty sure there was, he was squatting about 200 kilos at that stage And he was about 120, 130 kilos.
0: (laughs) You're a scare guy. Eric, if you're in contact with him, could you give him a message and tell him to play better? I had him in my fantasy team in the first (laughs) And he did rubbish. So if you
3: you can tell him to just gear up a bit, that'd be great, mate. (laughs) Oh, oh, well, I'll I'll send him a message now. uh, Tell him, him, my, my friend Adam, he needs more points in fantasy league. Yeah, much appreciated. If there's anything that's going to motivate someone more, it is somebody needs you in their fantasy team.
2: <laughs> yeah, I. It's weird actually. So both those names you mentioned, Xander and uh, Jamie. My my girlfriend was actually at school with both of them. Um, she said about Jamie that yeah, exactly what you said. Like he was destined to be a rugby player and an international rugby player. Um, and yeah, Xander again from what she said because I think like the, Xander's married, right? I think yeah
3: they
2: mar- yeah married and he's got at least two maybe three yeah so the the girl that he's married is actually good friends with my partner and uh, yeah again heard that he's like the nicest guy in the world just an absolute animal in the gym
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that is resounding hundred percent yeah um and then uh, yeah I think, interesting I think J- Jamie and he joined uh, based on a, a judo scholarship originally and then obviously um
2: uh, okay what so you out out yeah he was a shaffle yeah, okay. right. yeah interesting so how um sorry.
1: yeah sorry mate, I was just wondering because you said, um when you were a kid, you did you did rugby and judo on the Saturday, so you do rugby and then do judo training after the game, yeah, um was that was did you do those things things like separately did you go i want to do judo and then you do rugby as well, or did you do those things because you thought that judo would be good for rugby. You thought rugby would be good for judo. And how was those two kind of things? Because I know that they train that quite a lot in like professional environments. You know, Eddie Jones ended someone's career by them doing judo. Literally, yeah. He like he like broke his knee in a judo training or something. So but it'd just be interesting to to hear it from someone who's done both. Who's done both of them from from an early age and, and what the kind of. So I wish. I wish I could
3: say it was a pre-planned stroke of genius, but it was literally just by chance. Um, obviously on reflection, you can see like there's definitely complementary skill sets between the two of them. Um, but basically, so, so I like I got into rugby the way I said, and that was just because like I was a bit of, a big lad, probably was gonna could at least give it a shot. Um, but also in terms of judo, I started I started that when I was about five because my best mate at the time, who was one of the like just lived in the kind of same street as I did. All his like older siblings did it, so that obviously meant that we we both wanted to get involved. And because my best mate was getting involved, I obviously wanted to get involved. So I did judo for about three years before, um, before uh, starting rugby. Um, and I I was actually I actually really quite enjoyed. I actually lo- still love judo today. I went to go see it at the the Commonwealth the Olympics. Like it's it's really really a class sport. Um, and I was kind of lucky because. Um, the club I was at the head coach there is a guy called Ian Guthrie who i'll be honest he was an influential character in my life like he really really like knew how to get the best out of people but he was in the um, Munich Olympics in 1972 as a backup to um you the guy you might have heard of he used to compete in something called superstars if you've not heard of him your parents will but his name is Brian jacks he's a super interesting guy loads of stories but um basically it just meant that the quality of the club that I was at was probably a lot better than average because obviously you've got a kind of ex Olympian coaching you um which is really unique and he uh we actually actually uh kind of formulated a tour um of Japan so when I was about 12 years old I was the youngest of a group of six of us that went out to to Japan trained there for two weeks and I were training like twice a day um obviously like 40 degrees humid uh like you name it and like it was a really really special experience um, some of the highlights were kind of uh, we were at the so sort of the national judo centre is the Budokan, huge, all Japan championships on, um, and we were kind of the first um, foreign team that were involved in that. And then another one was towards the end of the trip, um, we stayed at about. And a highlight for me at twelve years old, first proper time with my parents, uh McDonald's had something called a Mega Mac, which was. A double double Big Mac. So instead of single single patties, it was two on each. And like that was my, you'd obviously train up train all morning, straight up Mega Mac, and then
2: train in the afternoon, um, which is class. <laughs> I love just watching you say that, then watching Adam's face nodding. <laughs> he knows. He
0: knows. <laughs> oh, I'm moving to Japan as soon as possible.
3: <laughs> so that, that was one of the many highlights. And then we ended up, we finished off in a, it was like an army camp near Mount Fuji, and uh, I do remember distinctly. So obviously, like we just—it was like the tatami mats. Everyone was sleeping on the floor, sleeping bags, and then there were six of us, all of a similar age, just kind of having like staying up till late, chatting absolute rubbish as, as you kind of gen- generally do. But then it got to, yeah, going to bed at two or three, and then we we got woken up at half five, and it was like a compulsory aerobics class. So you had to go outside. You're in this massive courtyard, and like you start a class off, you bow to Mount Fuji, mark of respect. You then join in with this 40 minute aerobic class, and then kind of bow again. And then um, yeah, there's just there was just a load of fitness training during the day, but it was a it was a fun camp. And before we went out, my mom or like our coach was like, "Oh, by the way, they're going to come back. Like, they obviously it's the heat, the humidity. I like, the training they're doing. They'll come back. They'll probably be quite lean and all this. Uh, but obviously, I." Offset all that training with a mega max I was eating, so I came back combined with the kind of uh, the, the 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 bulk that you can sometimes accumulate in the air, you know, feeling a bit puffy and stuff like that. moment said as soon as she would come off, it was like watching the the Michelin Man, <laughs> what, what <love> play. <laughs>
2: um
3: But yeah, so I, I think in retrospect,ive it it has complimented but it was not like a strategic. Um, this is what I want to do. This is why I'm doing it.
2: That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I'd like to get into a little bit about your um your leadership style, right? So obviously now becoming captain of Norway, um, quite a lot of responsibility. You've got someone like Adam who's who's there to support you as vice captain, so um God help you with that one. But uh yeah, if you can go into your kind of like leadership style a little bit or what you what you want to put into this team.
3: So in in terms of uh generally i i would love to create a culture or a high performance culture in a tight-knit team so that means that people are willing to so from a high performance point of view do the extra work like when we're training we're going hard we're playing we're prepared as we're as prepared as we can be and we're literally putting bodies on the line in terms of that tight-knit culture it is like you all, all experience it in like good rugby teams where everyone is playing for each other and like there's no question of not only are you motivated by playing for the badge on your chest, which especially when you've got Norway Norwegian badge on your chest, you're super stoked about but you're also looking around and you're getting motivated. I'm looking at Adam and I'm going, like, that's who I'm playing for. This guy means a lot to me. I will put my body in the line. So that's kind of generally what I'd want. Um, and then for this season, there are kind of three goals that I would like to set across the, te- across the team, across the year. Um, and one of those is, or well, number one would be the most dominant defence in the league. So, to me, watching well, Africa last week in Scotland, the line speed they had, the the collision dominance that they had every single time, if we could emulate them, that would be my dream. Absolutely. The second point is, like, our, what has killed us in the last couple, since I started playing, is our discipline. And it's just minor stuff, you know. We're not taking that extra half-step defense. We're going for ball when we shouldn't be. And then obviously start giving away penalties and before you know it you're chatting back to the ref you're bitching you're moaning and that to me i would love to just take that away and just say right we are focuses be the most disciplined team out there and we do not get phased we do not bitch and moan against each other because we are literally playing for each other so that would be goal number two goal number three is one of the difficulties of playing in this type of national team where you don't get like six week camps leading up to it is the team chemistry and that's particularly notable in attack so quite often if you watch games back a lot of it quite often it's it's six or seven phases as about as maximum as you can go and on average i'd say but i would love like our team we need to be able to play 10 12 13 14 phases comfortably we're not tired we're kicking the corners we're playing the smart rugby we're not doing 20 phases making Two meters, and then giving away a penalty because we've fallen over the ball is about having patience and being effective and efficient in attack. That, that to me is what I'd like to see in attack. It's just playing smart rugby, but also like playing patiently. So those would be my three goals for the team. And and then in terms of like personally, um, I would like I would I would like love to be known as a leader that one leads by example. Like I'd put want to put my body in line. To, wants to get the best out of those around me um and i, I feel like that's something that i could I, I feel like that's something that i actually enjoy doing i like seeing people improving i like seeing um giving people little pointers for the game or even just focus points you've probably had in the past where a coach has said look ed i need you to make every tackle off the side of the scrum or where it is just something specific to you and what you're good at that's that's what i want to enjoy so yeah as a cat as a leader one lead by example to get the best out of every single player on that team, yes, Adam, I think you've.
0: Yeah, no, I just wanted to, to add that because I know it's I know it's difficult for some people, not myself, to talk about what how good you are. So, um, you've already captained us once uh, for a game, and I remember I sent you a message personally saying that you know I can't think of anybody better to to lead us out when we when for that game. But one of the things I really like that you brought to the setup in the camps and during the game was. You just broke it down to very simple things. So when you get a national team and you get people, you've got the the, the best players from all the clubs, they're normally used to the guys being talking and they're ones talking. So uh, what I liked about you was you just cut out all the noise and it was like, right, one voice, and you broke it down with just three key points. So it was three key points that we needed to work on and focus for the next five minutes or for the next six or seven minutes. Or, you know, and it was it was very easy to understand. Um, like, right, okay, boys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to focus on line speed here now discipline and, and and speed at the rooks and that was it then it just it was easy and it, and we could see that you were doing it as well and you you definitely lead by example mate um when you're on the pitch it, it makes a massive difference it gives everyone a boost because you can see ah, he's doing it i don't want to let him down you've got that kind of um charisma if you like i don't know what the, the aura or gravitas i think gravitas is the work i'm looking for uh because you back up your bullshit it's not just you're not just saying words for the sake of it. You get some guys that come to a camp who want to impress, who think they're a leader, who just say things for the sake of saying things, and you're just like, what? What? That's just you just wasted thirty seconds of our of, of our camp there for no reason. You know, talking about you've got to be up for it. Well, of course you've got to be up for it. So you're fucking playing for a national team. But what I love about Eric is he just brings it back down to right. Let's focus on this now. And that's not it's not always the same thing as you say. You you cannot you you're intelligent enough. You've been around the game enough as well to identify. Right, if we do this bit now, it's really good. And yeah, I just wanted to to, to give that. I mean, because when we first met, we were obviously competing for the same shirt. I was playing eight at the time, and I I was just like, who's this Eric Cavan guy, You know what I mean? And, and the worst thing was, he was just the nicest bloke in the world. Like, I met you, and I was just like, I can't get angry at him because he's just <laughs>
1: he's,
0: he's really good. He's gonna take my shirt off me. I've just got to accept it. And it was, and it, but it was just the way you did it. Was so you were just so nice about it.
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? It. Man, that is I, again. I, I think you know you're being recorded because what you, yeah, what you've said there is infidelity nicer. Um, and, and uh, yeah, it's made my day, made my week actually. So, uh, I'm I'm glad that's how that you perceive me. Um, and yeah, I'm absolutely honored that you would be. Um, yeah, there's no better. I can imagine vice captain. You've got the respect of the boys, particularly in the West. I know they absolutely love you out there, and you've you've made a name for yourself over many many years. And uh, seeing you back in the centre is, uh, is a dangerous mix. Um, when you hit that line, if you don't break it, you'll definitely break their 12, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> so. Cheers, mate. I mean, Ed and Jack, disgusting. I was going to say, Ed and Jack, come <clears throat> on this roadway, we'll have our own private room. This is <laughs> awful. This is disgusting. I don't, <laughs> it is just you need to
3: stop. <laughs> we, yeah, it's post game share talk, honestly. Adam and I are in there for hours. The rest of the boys, they've gone out bars. Adam and I just wait until the water. Run it, runs out, and uh, we go home for a nice, nice, quiet you sleep. You are one of the longest in the showers. I'll, I'll confirm that.
2: <laughs> this is great because, like now, Eric, you do realize that whatever Adam ever says to you in the future, you've always got this podcast on the internet <laughs> like, online. You can always refer back to it. Whatever he's been a dick to you, you know. Or... <laughs> but you refer it? This, this is going to be
3: my pre pre game pump. I'll just have this in my headphones. Out of my ear, just uh I'll put a bit of like Lose Yourself by Eminem on or something to to get me up. If there's
2: anyone as long as as long as it's just pre gamer and not pre other stuff. <laughs> yeah.
0: if there's anyone out there who do a bit of deading and stuff, you can maybe take some of the words of Eric. Eric Eric is
2: a very good Eric Eric Eric, and you can just <laughs> like, get that you own personal uh, like, your thing. But yeah, amazing. um yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at the time. Uh so I thought what, what would be fun to do is just wrap it up with uh, some quick fire questions for you, Eric. Um I've got I've got a few and some of the others might have a couple that come to mind as well. Yeah, please. Um yeah. So I suppose first of all, um rugby or judo? Rugby. Front row versus back row. Back row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Scotland in the World Cup. How far will they get? Oh, they'll win it. Hey <laughs> Matt, and... what I just said
0: about knowing about the game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the issue with Scotland is right. If you were to graph expectation versus performance, the higher the expectation, the worse the performance. Is when everyone's like, "Yeah, they're dod. They're not going to do anything." <laughs> that we actually perform really well. So, um, right. yeah, I feel we've been absolutely thrown a under a bus in the group stages it's going to be hard to get out but yeah yeah uh, ireland game is going to be a huge crunch time
2: yeah um, next one was favorite or most memorable rugby moment of uh,
3: i would say that um so yeah when it, when i was captain of strathclyde we organized the first ever glasgow varsity um and we won beat glasgow university 20-0 And uh, yeah, I think it was memorable for a few reasons. One, kind of helped part of the organization. I'd kind of ran the preseason for it from our side. um, So it just felt like it was uh, kind of a culminate and like such a good bunch of boys that year as well. Everyone was like so bought into what we're trying to achieve. Um, So yeah, I definitely say that was up there. Um, Obviously, yeah, posting out after a big
2: win is is hard to (laughs) beat. Yeah. Um, Match winning try or try saving tackle to win a game? Try a saving tackle. If you can follow with a turnover special, that would be uh, quite special, I think. Nice. Uh, Jack or Adam, any questions to add?
1: <laughs> I thought that was the question. Jack or Adam?
2: <laughs>
1: all right. well, oh, babe, we all know the answer to that. Yeah. You don't need to say that. We all know that answer. Don't worry. Yeah. It's all right, Adam. <laughs> I'm going um, to... Your I've got, yeah, Norway or Scotland. Oh...
3: That is that is a tough one. Uh, I my mom would kill me if I didn't say Norway. Um, and yeah, I de- I definitely I uh, would feel. So yeah, not to not to dampen the mood, but my my first first year in life was very much my granddad. Uh, he was obviously Norwegian side. He would uh, take me out, uh, kind of doing all woodworking, out in the boat, fishing. Uh, he passed away last week, so I felt especially uh, kind of super Norwegian last last week and a half. So yeah, uh, right now definitely Norwegian i've got one uh pink or
0: bright yellow crocs (laughs)
3: Uh, i think i would go i would go pink i would go pink but lots of croc
2: charms nice nice awesome um eric it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um please obviously i well i know adam is kind of part of this now as well but keep us updated with the progress over the season um and yeah maybe maybe again in, in a couple of months and go after your first game it'll be good to get you back on as well and have a maybe a bit of a review as well uh but yeah best of luck with everything mate and yeah really really happy for you and um and I'm sure you you're, you're going to go well this year
3: Well no thanks so much for having me on uh, and yeah definitely interested to come back on in the future if you guys will have me um and and yeah very forward very much looking forward to our trip to Latvia all right Adam see what, see what rigo has got for us yeah mate yeah we'll just do, we'll give it a good nudge but um awesome. yeah th- best of luck keeping the podcast um flying high i know it gets a lot of uh, uh yeah a lot in changing stuff it gets a lot of good good comments on it so the boys very, very much do appreciate it and they do listen to it so um awesome no please
1: keep it up yeah. and if awesome. you're have to, uh, live, if you're ever in norway and you want a game mate just uh get in touch with ed we'll we'll uh see if we can fit you on the bench <laughs> no,
2: no he's already signed with Manga mate he's already yeah her, Eric Eric is actually signed with Stabanger apparently oh, he said yeah, he can't okay. play in Blinden yeah yeah I
3: was actually I was actually meant to be playing today but then um, no yesterday uh, Stabanger Blindern, yeah. but unfortunately
1: uh, could not that's probably why they yeah, are, yeah. Well, probably. you think for yeah, I think for Adam <laughs> that, that game got called off mate <laughs> <laughs> so I'd have been playing I'd have been playing 12
2: against you mate and that wouldn't have gone well for you <laughs> <laughs> right, I think on on that note it's probably a probably good place to finish it. <laughs>